Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Amen. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. And he's good all the time. I... I need somebody to just say he's good all the time. Don't say it if you don't mean it now. I'm talking about you know for yourself that God is good all the time. And all the time God is good. Amen, amen, amen. Ah, to our Lord and Savior who has allowed us to wake up again to see another day. Who has blessed us to see another Thanksgiving and feed ourselves, not too much because we're standing here, but he's fed us real well to where we can be in the house this morning. We give him praise, we give him honor, and we give him glory to our senior and founder, Pastor Grice. Thank you so much, sir, for allowing me this opportunity. First Lady, Miss Joyce Grice, thank you so much. Love you, ma'am, to my family, my wife, my beautiful children who pray for me and keep me grounded. Amen. I love y'all so much. Thank you. My mom and my dad is in the building. I'm so grateful. My best friend is here. I I tell people the only reason why he's not my brother is that me and his, uh, my mom and my dad is not his. That's, That's the only reason why. Other than that, he is my brother. To my church family, thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your fellowship. It means so much to me and my family. We are truly, truly blessed. Let us dive into the word. Uh, we're going to be coming from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. And if you're there, say amen. Reading from the New King James Version, chapter 5, verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that he fell down. I'm sorry. They filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. 
For he, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for such a time as this. God, I pray that you decrease me and increase yourself, God, that the people might see all of you and none of me. God, I pray that you would remove distractions, remove those things that we brought in with us that are not like you, God, that will keep us from hearing your word. Teach us today. Let your Holy Spirit have his way all over this place, God. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we pray. Amen. Amen. As you take your seats, I would like to speak from the title, I Need You All In. I Need You All In. For consistency of our text today, I'd like to read to you two other people in the Bible that witnessed this same event. We call that the harmony of the Gospels. For Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20 says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Matthew's account. Mark says this in chapter 1, 16 through 18. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. For consistency of the text, I'd like to bring your attention to those two accounts. Now, as we dive into this book of Luke and we dissect these texts, the first thing I would like to bring to your attention for those who are taking notes is that Jesus has a divine appointment. I got that from Dr. Blocker. He's doing a Bible study and he tells us about the divine appointments that Jesus has with the lepers. But before he gets to the lepers, Jesus has a divine appointment with Peter. He, Jesus is on his way into Galilee in order to fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah 9 verses 1 and 2. Matthew tells us this in chapter 4 verses 14 through 16. He's going to a land fertile with Gentiles. He's going to a land fertile with fish if you will. And Jesus sees two ships. He notices that these two boats are empty because the fishermen of those boats are gone and they're cleaning their nets. Jesus passes up these boats and uses Peter's boat. This boat 
represents Peter's job, his occupation for the interpretation of the text. But can I suggest to you that your boat can be simply wherever you are. Your marriage can be your boat. Your ministry can be your boat. Your job can be your boat. Your relationships can be your boat. But whatever your boat is, God wants to use your boat to speak a word into the life of the people who's desperately pressing on him to hear the word of God. Yeah, stay with me because these other boats have called it a day. They're cleaning their nets. The Bible tells us through Peter that they've tried everything that they could and caught nothing. And at this point, they've given up and were cleaning their nets to go on with their day. I can ask the question, why, Peter? Why are you have not cleaned your nets yet? Why are you still sticking around? I mean, you're in the same predicament they was in. You're in the same situation as these other fishermen. He's had the same unsuccess. He's had the same failure. He knows what they're going through, and yet he's still here. It's no different than me and you. As a matter of fact, these fishermen says, I'm done for the day. How many of us have said, I'm not just done for the day preacher, I'm done for good. According to the CDC in 2020, 45% of the marital population ended in divorce. The Harvard Business Review suggests that in 2021, 47 million people voluntarily quit their job. The CBN News, that's the Christian Broadcast Network, suggests that 38% of pastors have highly considered leaving the ministry. They said, I'm cleaning my nets and I'm I'm done. There are people out there just like you who are struggling in their marriage, just like me who are facing challenges in their ministry, just like you and I who have no promotion in sight on their job and they're walking away and yet you're still there. You know some folks who have said, I'm done with this. There ain't no future in this. They're wasting my time. I can do bad all by myself, and yet you're still here. I wish you could look at somebody and say, I'm glad you're still here. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're still here. Somebody has asked themselves, I don't know why God is on my boat telling me to tell you this. I don't know why God is on my boat having me to share this with you today. I don't know why God chose to get on my boat to speak a word to you, but I'll tell you why. It's because you're still here. Yeah, Peter is still here. And so Jesus gets on his boat and tells him to push out a little from the land. And he begins to teach from Peter's boat to those who will hear it. The second thing that we see here in the text, in verses 5 and 6, the Bible says, uh, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. But he tells him to launch into the deep and let down your nets. I imagine Jesus has given a powerful teaching at this time. I, I imagine that Peter's boat has, has seen healing take place. He's seen deliverance take place. I imagine that lives have changed from Peter's boat. And now Jesus turns his attention towards Peter. And the first thing that he tells Peter is that I want you to launch out into the deep. That is, take your boat 
and go back to the same place where there was no success. Go back to the place where there seemed to be failure. Go back to the place where you were doing the right thing at the right time, at the right time, doing the right thing, and there was no success. Go back to your wife where you loved her like Christ loved the church. You provided for her and you, you carried for her and you washed her in the word and still feel like you're not, not, like you not respected. Go back to your husband where you submitted faithfully and you've been there for him and it still feels like you're not getting the love you should get. Go back to that job where you did everything you were supposed to, came in on time, worked diligently, gave the job everything that you had and still no promotion. Go back to that place. Go back to that job where you've obeyed them in authority over you and still no success. But the second thing that he says is cast out your nets. Essentially saying, give it everything you got. We know Peter has nets, plural, from three different eyewitnesses. And I don't know how many nets it was, but however many nets it was, Jesus wanted Peter to let them all down. I need you to go back to this situation with the attitude that you had from day one. I need you to go back to this marriage with the attitude you had when you said, I do. I need you to go back to this job with the same attitude that you had when you first got hired. I need you to go back to that ministry with the same attitude you had when they first called you in. I need you to go back and I need you to cast all your nets. Yeah. Third thing he says is, get ready. For a blessing. Jesus says, let down your nets for a drought. In other words, I'm getting ready to change some things around from the last time you were there. I'm getting ready to shake up the water since the last time you were there. And I need you to get ready for a big blessing. I believe today Jesus is speaking to somebody who has not given up. Someone who has stuck around and don't know why you're still sticking around. Someone who has been an encourager to other people but just can't encourage yourself. Somebody who has allowed themselves to be used by God but can't believe that God can move on their behalf. He tells Peter, launch out, lay down your nets, and get ready for a blessing. Yeah, but here we are. Like Peter, like Peter, you and I will give this response because in verse 5 he says, toiled. We've, this word toiled carries the definition of labored, resulting in fatigue and tiredness. I can hear Peter saying, Lord, I'm worn out. We gave it all we had. The night time was the right time. And we caught nothing. I'm a fisherman, Jesus. And my education and my experience has not caught anything. I've been doing this marriage thing for a while. I've been doing this ministry thing for a while. I'm no rookie employee, Jesus. I've tried everything I know and I'm tired. 
Jesus, I'm tired, and you want me to go back. But nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down a net. I got nets, plural, but I'm only letting down one. There are quite a few things I could do in this relationship. I could hug her. I could kiss her. I could talk to her. I could spend some time with her. But I'm only doing one thing. Because I'm tired. I done been through this before. I could give some ideas on my job. I could tell them everything I know. I could come to work over and over and over again, but I'm just going to do one thing. Because I'm going to show you, Jesus, that this don't work. I'm going to show you there's nothing over there. And so I'm going to lay down one net. I know many of us have looked at this passage and suggested that Peter was obedient here. We see the blessings on the other side and we say, look at everything that God does because of God's obedience or Peter's obedience. Can I suggest to you that God don't make mistakes? May I suggest to you that the Bible doesn't have grammatical errors? Can I suggest to you that God, if God didn't want an S on the end of net, he wouldn't have put an S on the end of net. I don't believe that every publishing company of the King James Version, of the uh, New King James Version, of the Modern King James Version got this thing wrong. They misinterpreted what God said. He said, nets. And so there's a disconnect. Jesus says, lay down your nets. And Peter says, I'll lay down a net. A disconnect called disobedience. I don't know. Let me ask moms and dads out here. If you ask your child to wash all the dishes. And they wash one cup. One bowl. One plate. I think you'd be scratching your head trying to figure out if the soap ran out somewhere. Did I not pay the water bill at some point? Why isn't all the dishes washed right now? Uh, Let me ask a college person. I know we got some college people in here. If your teacher tells you to write a 10-page, I need 10 pages, and you write one page, how you think the professor going to look at you? Jesus says, lay down your nets. Peter decided he was going to lay down one net. And so, therefore, we find ourselves in verse 6 through 9, in which we see Jesus' will, his will, his mercy, his grace, and his love is greater than my disobedience. Yeah, his will, his love, his mercy, and his grace is greater than my disobedience. In verse 6, this word break, the net break, is in the imperative mood which suggests that this wasn't just a small tear. 
the net was continually breaking as they were trying to bring it back ashore. They were beginning to lose the very blessing they were supposed to receive so much that they had to call other boats in to help them. And it doesn't just stop there. When the other people came to help them, they began to sink. Peter was not prepared for what the Lord was going to do. He wasn't really prepared. I was not prepared for her to respond the way she responded because I did that little bit. You mean to tell me that just by that little bit, she was going to change all of her ways? Just by me doing this little thing, he was going to become a different man? I wasn't prepared for the outcome that you was going to give to me. You mean to tell me just by doing this little bit on my job, they was going to promote me like they did? I wasn't prepared for this. Peter wasn't prepared because after all I had done before and nothing happened. I can't believe how they treating me now. As a matter of fact, I got to go call somebody. Mom, dad, sister, brother, best friend. I can't believe this. Can you help me with this? I'm a little bit overwhelmed by now. And they say, I can't believe in myself. I'm overwhelmed too. This can't be the husband you told me about. This can't be the wife that you told me about. I'm looking at a different job you told me about. I'm overwhelmed myself. The other boats came in to help Peter and they started to sink. They were overwhelmed too. Verse 8, the Bible says Peter saw it. What did he see? He saw nets breaking. He saw ships sinking. And I believe Peter realized at this moment, had I laid down all my nets, had I done what Jesus had told me to do, no matter how many fish it was, the nets wouldn't have broke. No matter how many boats it was, the boats wouldn't have sink. I know I'm not by myself that has looked over the many blessings over my life. And I said, yeah, my marriage is good. But if I would have had given it all I had, I know I got promoted on my job. But if I had given it all I had, I know my ministry is doing real good right now. But had I given it all I had, imagine what God could have did with me. Yeah. I got a good score on my paper. I got a good score on my exam, but had I given it my all, how much of a better score could I have given? I just want to validate this for you. Can I validate it for you? In John chapter 21, and I've told you this before, and and, and I'll say it to you again, whenever Jesus gives us a test and we don't pass that test, He gives it to us again. And in John 21, Jesus has risen from the grave. And now he's coming back to appear to his disciples. I want to bring you some deja vu if I can. Because in John verse 3, Simon Peter says unto them, I'm going fishing. And they said unto him, don't leave us, Peter, we going with you. 
and they went forth. Watch this. They entered into their ship and they caught nothing. Ah, it's a little deja vu coming here. Uh, They went fishing and they caught nothing. And Jesus sees the disciples as we pick up in verse 6. He says to them yet again, but this time he changes the request. He says, cast the net on the right side and ye shall find. It's a little bit of deja vu coming on here. They did what he said and the Bible says that there were so many fish they couldn't draw it. That word draw simply means to drag. They couldn't even move the net. There were so many fish. And then deja vu, they called some more boats to come on in and help them. Verse 7, therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it is the Lord. And now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land. And it were 200 cubits dragging the net with fishes. They call another ship again to help them. And the Bible says that this is a little ship. Now, I don't know if Luke saw a little ship, but what I do know is John saw a little ship. And even that little ship was able to drag all the nets with all the fish back to the shore. Stay with me. It's going to get real good. It's going to get real good because in verse 9, he says, as soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. And Jesus said unto them, bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Here it is. Here it is right here. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land of great fishes. And a hundred and fifty and three. Watch this. And for all there were so many, yet not the net broke. Oh, you, you, you missed that right there. Not only was the net not broken, but we clearly see the ships did not sink. Jesus came back to show Peter that I have the power to hold all the nets together. I have the power to make sure the sinks don't ship if we obey. Jesus has the capability to bless your marriage, to bless your ministry, to bless your job and your relationships above all you can ask or think if you just simply obey with no tears, with no breaks, with no damage, with no sinking, simply because he's God. He can do it. Yeah, yeah. Let me get out of here. All of this, all of this that we see has really taken place to show us a very important thing. And in verse 10b, Jesus uses an earthly example to teach us heavenly principle. He says to him in 10b, fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. The Bible tells us that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. There is a lost world out here. There is a lost nation out here that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, God wants to use you in order to reach those people. So what is the purpose of showing me all these natural things in my life? The same way that you have tried your hardest 
in all of these areas of your life and came up empty is the same way that witnessing and sharing the gospel may very well come up empty. But God wants to show you that you can't give up and you can't give in. When it comes to the kingdom of God, I need you all in. Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3 and 5, he says this, he says, for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Paul was explaining to Timothy that in order for him to be effective in the church, he has to get his house in order first. It's in the home where we first establish how to treat people. It's in the home where we first establish how to minister to people. It's in the home where we first establish how to love people. And by the time we get to church, we've already worked this thing out. I believe Jesus is here in our text explaining, explaining to Peter, as he does to you and I, that there is a harvest of lost souls. There's a harvest of a hurting nation that needs a commitment from you that no matter what is going on, you're willing to stay in the fight. No matter how many not right nows you get or I'm not interested you get, I still need you all in. I need you casting your nets like the first time you accepted Jesus Christ in your life. I need you casting your nets like the first time you got excited about who he was. Jesus uses the same parallel that Paul uses, that if I can get you to commit to the personal areas in your life, then no matter how bad they get, no matter how rough it gets, no matter how unsuccessful it may seem, if I can get you to commit to that, then I've got a greater work for you to do in the kingdom of God. Today, I believe... Husbands and wives need to look at each other and say, I'm all in. Employees need to look at their job and say, I'm all in. Students in colleges need to look at themselves and say, I'm all in. I'm casting all my nets. Whatever ministry you're in, you need to say, I'm all in. I'm casting all of my nets and to the kingdom of God, to the kingdom of God, I'm all in. I'm casting in all my nets. God bless you. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.